day and night I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind I look for peace, but see I don't attain What I need for keeps, this silly game we play, play Now look at this all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis Get a Dose, 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it moving, keeping it moving. But, um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts in regards to the uh, gambling situation, uh, in regards to the message. And, and it kind of proves me right because... I felt at the alarming rate, and again, I get it in one breath. I say these are young men, uh, they're adults, young adults, and there should be professionals and basically be um, prepared and responsible for their own actions. But the truth of the matter is um, you can't assume. And I just feel the league has dropped a ball on this. At the And I stick by what I've been saying. It's not going to be, you know, Isaiah Rogers is not going to be the isn't the first situation. It's not going to be the last, but too gimmicky for my blood having Tom Brady do the message, uh, which I'll leave it at that. Uh, continuing on with the NFL theme, um, what else we got? We've got um, the Jaguars. Okay, the Jaguars, and I meant to get to this yesterday, uh, but they revealed plans of a new stadium build. That is roughly estimated to going to be around, I don't know if they said like $2.2 billion, $4 billion or something like that to build. Somewhere a little bit over the two mark, close to three. Uh, but I know Khan, the owner, is looking at putting about 50% of the money up. Now, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up, a few things. Number one, um, I've seen the layout of the stadium because they're putting this as this is supposed to be the state of the art like this is going to set the standard for stadiums going forward okay i've seen the specs on them to me it, it almost looks like it's a lot like sofi from the from the outside of it now i'm pretty sure they're going to have bells and whistles that are different uh but number two i bring this up because for years on this show i have talked about in regards to the motivation of the nfl to get back or i should say to continue to make the game global and continue to eventually play all these games in london jacksonville would be that team especially with the owners ties in the london would be the team that's on the move but when you hear these grounds or this proposal for this new stadium in Jacksonville for the Jaguars. It makes you think, okay, maybe they're going to be here for the long haul. Now, I know one of the plans they got is a renovation type of situation, so there's two options there. Um, but, you know, when I looked at the specs and seen it, it looks a lot familiar, similarity, I think, to SoFi. But but the reality is, is when you hear these comments about this is the state of the art, this is going to change the game for the arenas and the stadiums, I should say. I've always been I've been preaching this to you and it's it's we're, we're getting into that phase. You know, now we're to the point where the, this private club of 32 individuals, very wealthy, wealthy individuals, 32 of them. Now we're getting into the business of a piss pissing contest in regards to stadiums. 
You know, and I always tell you, like, they get around and say, oh, yeah, I've got this yacht. I just bought a 50-foot yacht, and I've done this. Now this is becoming on who's going to outdo and get the most money from the city and personally to build a stadium that we've never seen. The bar is going to keep getting raised. It's like the prices of the teams and the franchise keep up on the rise. And with that also, you got to look at the cost of doing business and the stadiums. I'm going to do one up on you. I mean, you got the you got the Penner Group, which is the Walton Group that basically owes Denver. I mean, they 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 dropped already a half a million dollars on new sod, and they dropped seven figure money on a new, probably one of the biggest scoreboards that's going to be put up out in Invesco in the end zone and NFL and out of all NFL besides maybe the one Jerry's got hanging up from the ceiling in, in Jerry's world. They've already taken a poll to the to the team, to the city of Colorado. What do y'all think about eventually new stadium? Commander's new ownership, which it should be final. Now, his whole deal, remember, we talked about that. They worried about all his liquidated assets that he's trying to sell to see if he's got work in everyday capital. But he's mentioned new stadium. So when I hear Khan, the owner of Jacksonville, and he said he's willing to pay 50% of it now that i think that's a good chunk i give him credit for that at least trying to fund 50 percent of his own stadium instead of having the taxpayers of jacksonville at the foot most of it but that's the thing that came to my mind when i saw this i'm like man we you know every because again these teams i mean i know we've gone through this stretch here of late where it seems like these teams come and sell all the time and you get new ownership flux in it doesn't really work that way i know we're going through a little period of this time but normally these teams don't come to sell for sale. The only way you get new ownership in the NFL is by usually expansion, which I think will be on the horizon for the National Football League here shortly over the next few years as well. I think they will be announcing probably because um, you just can't add one because that's odd. I think if anything, you probably like they did with Jacksonville, Carolina, you're adding two new expansions at the same time. I think I, I will tell you right now off the top of my dome, what are we in 2023? I would say probably by the year 27, 28. At the latest, you'll hear about two new teams. Expand. We'll be talking about expansions of two new teams coming, and that's the way that that's the way I look at it. Okay, and no, that's nothing to do down here with this region. To want to, oh yeah, that could be no. That's just in general, and leagues in other states, and see that could support. An NFL team. That's what I believe anyway. Go ahead. You say other states, but other countries, Cal? No. Mm -mm. I'm not going to say never. Hopefully, I'll be gone and passed on by then. But not this first round. No. Because you got, I mean, because look, the way I look at it, you still got some starving states and cities that would starve and generate capital and buzz in this state, in this country that would love an NFL team. Okay. I I think, you know, before we get there on the global side, I think you pretty much will have you will have games every week for somehow, some way in London before you actually put a team down there. That'll come first, in my opinion. There'll be a game in London every week, every Sunday, and you'll have that before you have an expansion team of a whole nother team in another country. In my opinion, eight seven seven three seven grind. Um, also, what else we got here? Um, 
NFL.com contributor Adam Sheen gives a guaranteed list of players that will improve in 23. And I think I still have the list in front of me. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because he had Dak Prescott listed at one. Do you have the list in front of you, Jonas? I yeah. do. Okay. So these are, again, these are players in 23 that, and, and I kind of, I've, I can, tr- I play attention to Adam Sheen's work. I mean, he's, he's pretty much, um, he's, he's pretty much credible. His thoughts sometimes ago, that's why I thought this was interesting, but he has his guaranteed list of players that are going to improve list. And what are they again? I always like to do re- do reverse okay. countdowns. So yeah. let's count it down. We already spoiled number one. It's going to mm-hmm. be Dak Prescott. But number nine, Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, he had a thousand yards as a as a as a as a rookie receiving, but three hundred fifty six last year. Of course, he did deal with some injuries there. But he's saying that tight end, athletic tight end down there in Atlanta. Um, guaranteed bound, uh, guaranteed improvement. Well, I think that's that comes along with um, improvement of the team and pieces around them, and being a second year involved in this system. Uh, so, yeah, I think I don't have a problem. I could see that. I mean, I think that's an obvious one. That's like low hanging fruit because he's gonna. I mean, where they drafted him a couple of years ago, he better get going. And neither that, I think, a second year in this system. Now, the difference is you are going to technically have, I mean, he's technically not a rookie, but it's going to be his first year starting, and uh, Mr. Ritter, uh, quarterback for the Falcons, so out of Cincinnati, he's going to be at the helm, you know. Um, So, yeah, I can see that. Who else he got? Uh, Number eight, Ikanwu, left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Of course, more stability out there in Carolina rather than the rotating P.J. Walker, Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Um, you know, that that should surely help. Um, you know, he had a, a rookie last year, number six overall pick. Yeah, and I think that's going to be important, and that would be important. And uh, Carolina, Frank Wright, and everybody would hope that he's right uh, because that has to do with protecting the, uh, the, the asset that they took number one overall and Mr. Young. Uh, you know, Mr. Bryce Young, and I think the offense of the lots is made about his size. He's not big enough. A lot of it's going to come down to how well that offensive line can protect him. Um, I do believe he's going to be able to make moves. Uh, I mean, make you know plays and moves outside the pocket because it's one thing about Bryce. I mean, he is, and that they say it. I trust me. I've never even played the position at any level. Uh, except on the playground. Uh, but anyway, they tell you that one of the, especially the NFL, one of the hardest traits to teach a quarterback, even at that level, is when they, and especially if they're a mobile quarterback that can move side to side or whatever, like Bryce can, you know, let's say a Jalen Hurts or whoever you want to say mobile, um, is to be on the move, but steady moving while you keep your head focusing downfield. Steady looking for that guy that's scrambling. There, a lot of dudes, they just can't do it, and that's something that really is hard to teach. So Bryce, one of his strong points, he never takes his head downfield while he's on the move. He's not moving just to run to go pick up yardage. He's moving and running, looking downfield, and still being able to read and process defenses. So, but the key of it is, it's going to hope that this kid that who they're talking about, this young man, I should say, does improve because a lot's going to be with their offensive line, which I think their offensive line is a lot better than what people think, and they can run the football as well too. Who else you got? Uh, speaking of running the football, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, Adam Sheen saying draft Travis Etienne for your uh, fantasy football team. 
Uh, bounced back on the on the scene last year. Had a strong sophomore campaign, and looking for him to get better this year. Um, I don't have an opinion with that either way. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I mean, is is he trying to say that he had a, he took a step back last year? No, he missed most of his rookie year with. Uh, that, yeah, he had that, that injury. That, he missed that, all that of it, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, the yeah he entire, missed all yeah. of it. Uh, but he's saying last year, you know, he, he bounced back with 1,100 yards, um, hmm. you know, and a healthy per carry average. Okay. But uh, the touchdowns, he only he only had five touchdowns, and he's projecting 12 to 15 on top of 1,300 rushing yards and 50 catches for Etienne. 12 to 15, that's a lot of touchdowns. I guess I can see him working. You would assume that he's going to get better, be another threat with them. I mean, Jacksonville is the favorite to win the AFC South, so I could see that. Keeping it moving. Uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore was traded last mm. year uh, from the Panthers over to the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields looking to have a big year. So coming in at number six on Adam Sheen's uh, guaranteed improvement list is DJ Moore. Um, and we'll definitely see what he can bring to that Chicago offense. Yeah, there's a lot of clips early coming out of their OTAs with footage of him and Justin Fields. I've been reading up on it. There's a lot of uh, chemistry, and they're close, and they're they're building a lot together. So, you know, basically when you look at this situation with DJ Moore and Justin Fields and Chicago Bears, they're taking a page and hoping to strike like Philly did. You know, remember last offseason, Philly, there was questions. Again, I didn't bring it up because I think it's irrelevant news. I'm tired of hearing about it, about, you know, Russ turning down the trade to – it's so dumb. It's like it's done and beyond that, but turning down the trade to Philly. And there was questions like, is Jalen Hurts the guy? Could he do – and what did they do? They went out and said, okay, you know what, we're going to put a weapon. We're going to go ahead and trade for A.J. Brown. And look what the difference is. And made them NFC champions and took them to the Super Bowl. So I think when you look at what Chicago did, and especially making a priority to go get him, and, and you look, Carolina didn't want to move off of him. But Chicago's like, hey, we ain't giving you the, we know you need a quarterback. We ain't giving you this one pick unless you're putting DJ Moore in there. And I think that that, is, that definitely makes sense of where he's putting that, um, having DJ Moore improvement just off the fact that Chicago – um, it's been a while since they've had a real legit number one receiver. I mean, they've had some good guys, you know, here and there, but I'm talking about really having that stud. Because uh, what's his name? What the Robinson never did pan out. I mean, he had a good years there, but I mean, he moved on. They end up he ended up, they traded him or left a free agency. Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think they traded him. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon Marshall might be the wide receiver. You have to go back to really think yeah. about a guy who, who really took the top off defenses uh, effectively. Yeah, and he and he was in a trade too. He he wasn't drafted. I mean, the Chicago's not been known to draft wide receivers in the draft anyway. But yeah, I can see that. Go keep it going. Uh, number five on Adam Sheen's list of guaranteed improvement for players this year: Bradley Chubb. Um, you know, he went over to Miami last year. Had uh, three and a half sacks in nine games, including the postseason, with the Dolphins, but looking for uh, more establishment. And he's calling for 13 sacks at least, Adam Sheen saying, Bradley Chubb in, in Miami. Fangio connection. I will tell you that there's a lot of factors that factor into that. One is Bradley going to stay healthy, to stay on the field. Um, 13 sacks, I think you'd have to go back to his rookie year, um, the last time he recorded that many sacks in a season. Um, and he was, and, and you know, the key to that, who was he playing alongside with? Really the only year they were healthy to play uh, alongside each other and the future Hall of Famer, Vaughn Miller. Uh, 
So the question I ask is, who else does Miami have on that D line that's going to help Bradley Chubb not seeing double teams all all a lot to kind of you know if his Sheen's basically prediction is going to come correct. Um, Thirteen, he's de- he's capable of it, but now when you talk about Vic Vangio, Vic is you know sometimes Vic is more. It, like you have to have real studs in his position because one thing Vic doesn't really do on a consistent basis. And look, he's one of the best defensive minds in NFL history. Everybody has copied his scheme. Uh, and when you see the safety and all that kind of stuff, but the truth of it is he has a hard time consistently in his defensive scheme that he puts consistent pressure on the quarterback. you got to really have some studs. So to me, just because you're adding Vic Vangio, make no mistake about it. That, that, that pickup Hasn't been talked about enough this offseason from a coaching standpoint, but make no mistake about it. They are going to be better, you know, under Vic Manager without a doubt. But does that mean, does that result that Bradley Chubb is going to have over 13 sacks at least? I don't know about that. I don't know. We'll continue when we get back. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If I couldn't flow futuristic, would ya? Put your two lips on my face, could ya? See yourself with a n- working harder than nine to five, yeah. ten to six, two jobs to survive. Or do you need a baller so you can shop into the mall? All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. 
Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. And Texas summers, don't forget, can get hot. But now they have a blazing with new Zing Zang Blaze and Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know only much hotter that is zing zang official sponsor of the sports grind and don't forget to zing zang responsibly all right so a couple things to get to uh before we uh jet out of here and call thursday a wrap uh let's continue this let's wrap up this list and see who else if we agree or disagree with who he's guaranteeing to have improvement in the 2023 season yeah so adam sheen of nfl.com uh, we are now inside the top five. No, uh, re- quick recap: Guaranteed improvements uh, were number nine, Kyle Pitts; number eight, Ikemen Kanwu; uh, number seven, Travis Etienne; number six, DJ Moore; number five, Bradley Chubb; and uh, of course, now with the Dolphins, uh, number four, uh, James Cook, Buffalo Bills running back. Uh, you know, you look at the, the, the fumbles, maybe set him back early, but he's looking for him to have a bounce-back year, taking uh, control of that running back's room that, that looks like Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray, and Damian uh, Harris. Um, I would sit there out of all the ones we talked about. I'd push back on that the most on him because I would say, really, that's not – that's on the coaching staff. I think, you know, you can pinpoint to whatever fumbles, and he had maybe one or two. He didn't get that many opportunities, in my opinion. Um, He can appoint to that. That's fine. But it's hard for me to sit there and say I guarantee an improvement with him because that falls on the coaching staff and Josh Allen. How committed are they going to be to having the running game part of their tactic? Or are they going to – because it's a safety blanket, man. It's a safety valve. They're comfortable with what Josh can do. They're comfortable with him because they know his size. He can take more hits than your normal quarterback, but eventually they'll catch up with you. Go ask Cam Newton. Number two – you know, it just comes down to that, you know, he, he's got a prolific arm, okay? But it's just crazy to me because the way they play and the way they played in of the last, I would say, two to three years under this run with the Josh Allen and McDermott era under this stuff, it's like they're a team that plays in Buffalo, okay? Where, where they want to go, you're going to have weather conditions – pretty bad in December and January. So you would think a team in Buffalo, see the difference is those old K-Gun Jim Kelly teams, they could they could throw it all around. I mean, they really invented the hurry up often when you talk about them and uh, you probably say Jack Party with the run and shoot. But they really invented that up-tempo stuff. You know, Marv Levy and, uh, and Jim Kelly. Uh, Frank Wright was on that sideline, too, as a backup. But they could run the ball. They had a guy by the name of Thurman Thomas. They could run it up half, too. Playing in Buffalo, it's just crazy. They play up there where they want to go. And to me, they've yet to prove their team a team that's built to be able to run in January and December when you need to, especially Buffalo. So my point is I would put him on no list to guarantee to improve. That's, that's, that's more on the staff and the culture than really him, in my opinion. Keep it moving. Number two, and this is a guy that you're looking for more from anyway. Uh, mm, 
I can already know where you're probably going, but go ahead. This is Quint. Uh, sorry, we are at three. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, number three, Jerry Judy. Mm. Uh, he was on the trade uh, trading block uh, from last year's trade deadline, even maybe before the season a little bit there too. Uh, he has been all spring, but he's saying number three over uh, on, on Adam Sheen's list. You know, Damn, he said, speaking of hot messes, the 2022 Broncos didn't exactly meet expectations. Uh, but with you know Sean Payton taking over for Hackett, uh, expect him to uh, expect Judy to perform much better. Um, obviously, that is the Sean effect. Um, I will tell you. My biggest thing with Judy, and I've said this before, is that I still believe, and maybe Sean is going to change that. He's trying to change the culture in the building. But Jerry just got to prove to me that he's going to continue to get mature, but be more mature. I mean, he under this under the bad circumstances and how awful that offense looked last year, and you know, when they made the firing after Christmas game against the Rams, uh, when they made Baker look like Dan Marino. Um, he started to improve. He started to find the ends on. They were, you know, there was one little bit of chemistry. But I will tell you what's going to be interesting to see if he's right on that or not is because I believe the uh, up until further notice, the best receiver on the team is coming back this year, and Tim Patrick. So you would think that I think more than just the Sean Payton factor. I think if he's going to be right, it's going to have a lot to do with Tim Patrick. And 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 basically, because keep in mind. Last year, this time last year before we went into camp, because remember, Tim Patrick went down like in the second practice of training camp or third practice. We were hearing the chemistry already between him and Russ was what you kept hearing about. So I believe if he's going to be right about Judy, maybe more than Sean, Tim Patrick's going to have definitely, you know, basically something to say about that because he's going to take more attention and i think until further notice he's the best receiver on the team now judy he talent wise he should become the best receiver you know keep in mind and i think it was trade rumors only for the fact that they were trying to move into the second round they were trying to get back in the second round the only reason why they were dangling him and even at some points i think they asked the patriots for a first round for him so we'll, we'll see his mature what i'm looking for is his maturity staying on the field you know, Judy had a problem with a lot of drop balls, powers. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, but we'll see. Who does he got at number two? Number two. Big Q at number two. Oh, that's Nelson. a good one. This one feels that's like a, a good one. This one kind of feels like a layup, to be honest, um, because he got paid last year, had a rough year. Uh, again, Matt Ryan, everything was just a mess there. You get a head coaching change now. Um you know the the Colts feel more poised to have success, uh, bringing in Steichen, and so Quentin Nelson feels like a, a bit of a layup here, Cal. But number two on Adam Stein's Stein's list. I I will tell you, um, Colts Nation, because I know this, because AC pays attention to all that gimmicky stuff, them them Colts Stampede Blue feeds and everything like that. Last year, Q, there's a lot of people in that region and a lot of people that follow Coast that are down on Q. That are really was, and a lot of it had to do with the money he got and all that. But I told him, I said, look, you're going to have Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. You can list a lot of quarterbacks who have had a bad year. 
And then they just bounce back. It doesn't mean that they're overrated, they were overpaid, they're whatever. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have had bad years, and then they get back. I'm all since last year, I was chalking it up to look, the guy's having a bad year. And number two, I don't think Q I think Q played hurt a lot last year. I don't think he was hundred percent healthy. And honestly, I don't think he's been 100% healthy the last two years, but I think last year it really showed. So I do believe that obviously he's going to have be a better. Now, does that mean that they're going to have better success? I don't know. Because when you say, hey, it's going to look good, it's just, Steichen is a rookie. And if anything that anybody didn't learn in the NFL from last year with Nathaniel Hackett, is the fact just because you can sit there and control a room in a unit don't mean you can lead 50 to 52 men. You can't. So, you know, this this time will tell about Steichen because really where it comes with him, he's joined at the hip with Anthony Richardson. I mean, this the, he is the reason why they felt comfortable taking Anthony Richardson at four overall. Because this is, this is hey, because what he did with Jalen. And look, I'm rooting for Anthony Richardson. I wanted to see. And everything I'm hearing, he is probably, I don't agree with it. There's a lot of people don't agree with it because it's either a boom or bust type of situation. And if he's mentally tough because he's going to go through growing pains, everything I'm hearing about it, he's going to probably be starting week one. You would like to think Garden Minshew, who's coming from Steichen and those offers. But see, this is the kicker when you say that. Gar Minshew is not going to run the he, he ain't going to run the true Steichen offense to what you can run potentially with this kid Anthony Richardson. So that's the yin and the yang and the in the pickle that they're in because it's like that comes down to having like hey I can't wait till tonight to play with this Christmas present this toy I open we want to play with it now that's the difference in there. So does that mean they're going to have success? I don't know. But Q, yes, I believe Q. He had a he had a rough year last year. I think if he feels healthier and he's healthier, definitely he's going to play better and the line should play better. Now, what that results in the W's, I don't know. But they 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 played with the amount of money that's invested in that line. They did have a bad year last year. And number one, and that's the reason why I brought up this whole list. That's the only one I really looked at <clears throat> was Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak Prescott topping the list. Uh, you know, Adam looking at things like the offensive coordinator change over to McCarthy, but also also considering uh, the, the wide receiver talent around Dak, uh, Dak this year, Michael Gallup coming back into form a little bit, uh, you know, bringing in Brandon Cooks, CD looking to have another good year. His bold prediction, Adam's bold prediction here, he's had a few of them on this list. He thinks that Dak will throw for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns while reducing his interception total, which last year was 15 by at least five. So he's saying at least yeah, Dak will have around 10 picks. All in all, a nice body of work. It's his time to shine again. Let me see something. Well, first of all, there's a reason why I brought this up, knowing Dak was number one on the list, because I was going to say the first thing that, that for him to be right, I think really what it comes down to is what is is that all these moves that, you know, this whole thing of making Kellen Moore the, uh, the you know, sacrificial lamb, as Rory called it, you, you would think that basically is the coaching going to be better for Dak? Because I think, honestly, look, Dak is never – Dak was drafted in the round that he was drafted in for a reason. He's never going to be uh, – 
Tom Brady. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. He's not. But I still think you can win a Super Bowl with Dak, but he needs to be better coached, and he needs to basically be coached and coached not based off of the size of his direct deposits he gets on the 15th every month. Like, coach him like that, because that's the problem that I think from Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. Like, Mike's throwing it on Kellen, but I think they've all walked around eggshells because of the contract that got, and everybody knows that's Jerry's guy. No, coach him hard, okay? That's one. Now, the other thing with, with Dak, when you're talking about, he says 40 touchdowns? 40 touchdowns and 4,500 yards receiving or throwing passing. I'm sorry. Okay, so according to if you if you say forty touchdowns, there's seventeen games on the schedule, right? They play in seventeen. Correct. Eighteen weeks, seventeen games. So that's averaging about what? That's averaging almost what, like three to four touch where where am I at? Is that almost averaging like about three? Well, if you go four times seventeen, no, hold 40. on three times. 17 carry the thing, Roosevelt map. That's almost averaging right about two and a half to three touchdowns per game, right yeah, around it's that on the number. Smaller end. Two, two touch, 2.3. Two, 2.3, 2.0, 2. 2. 2. round it up. Well, you'd round down. Around, yeah, round down. So about two touchdowns, just over, you know, you're, some weeks they'll have three, some weeks they'll have two. That's a lot of touchdowns. You know, the whole thing with Mike McCarthy is supposed to be knowing the timely when to run and knowing the time when to throw. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Dak I, – I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Dak – do you think he hits 40? I think that if Jameis can throw a 30-30 season – I think that Dak could have 40. Yeah, but, but, but you, it's going to really rely on, again, the hands or the hands teams. Um, you know, you're, you're also talking about a change at tight end. Uh, I think that we're kind of overlooking that as well with Schultz not being there this year. So, and, and Ferguson taking that spot on the depth chart. So, um, more, relying a little bit more on the wide receivers. CD is going to have to catch everything coming his way. Brandon Cooks is going to have to, ha- you know, catch everything coming his way, and Gallup's going to have to do the same thing. Well, I will tell you this: I'd like to wait, call wait, it forty total touchdowns. I don't. I, I like like rushing, running, and throwing. Oh, I, I like mean that's that. something. That's something that maybe is more re- realistically. Well, yes and no with that. But look. My point is, when you bring up Jameis Winston's 34, you got to understand the factor in that, too. That Bucks team, they were trailing a lot. They were behind a lot. You know, sometimes, you know, and again, I've always said this. We live in a fantasy football world, and that's sometimes how the fans, which is fanatics, basically judge players where they think they suck or not if they're giving them fantasy production. Um, you have to think there's factors to where you're talking about, you know, I hate to use that word, but you're talking about stat padding and padding stats. You know, a lot of that, the reason why I'm having a hard time, you know, basically, you know, putting my hands around 40 touchdowns at least with Dak is because supposedly with Mike McCarthy, you know, there's going to be a little bit more control in this offense, meaning that you're going to see more timely runs. They're going to run the ball to try to set up maybe to throw the vice versa. I think you'll hold the thing they criticize Kellen Moore is like, oh, well, everything has to be a 40-yard pickup for Kellen Moore. Everything's got to be 30 yards down to feel well, okay, fine. The offense, again, the offense was not horrible last year. 
And and that's the reason why I said this a couple weeks on the show. I mean, there's a perception out there that Dallas offense needed this big overhaul, and I don't think that's the truth. I think really what it comes down to is, yeah, Dak in the big game, especially like that 49ers game, divisional game, he's got to play better. He's got to make better decisions, and I believe that comes down with the coaching and the type of criticism and type of really holding him accountable for the mistakes when he does when he makes them to not try to make them again. So, um, But 40, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Because I do anticipate, I mean, the division itself is going to be a little bit more competitive. I mean, most likely I'm going to be taking Philly to break the streak of not basically anybody in that division for the last, I don't know, damn near close to almost 20 years now since somebody's gone back to back. Uh, it's been a long time. Let's just say since Andy Reid was there. That's a while. That's a long time. I don't know if it's quite 20, but it's a, it's a long time. Um, and that's because of their quarterback. And Jalen Hurts, because I believe this is a guy that was groomed under a system to basically move on and think about the next and not get satisfied. Uh, he learned that playing at Alabama. And I think he's basically, as you know, he's absorbed that. And when you hear him talk in his interviews, I don't think he's going to let the team get complacent. And I don't know if that Super Bowl hangover loss is really going to bite them in his ass as much as I felt that it was going to bite Cincinnati, which the Bengals kind of proved me wrong on that. So to me, I believe they got a good look at probably, and they are the slight favorites to win this division back to back. So the division in the whole, you look at the Giants, you know, they opened with Dallas week one. I don't really know how, you know, if they've done that much improvement, it's really going to come down like, hey, they made some type of financial commitment to, um, you know, their quarterback, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, Barkley's situation is still ongoing. Um, I don't know if they've done enough def – well, I don't know if they've done enough skill-wise, offensively-wise with playmakers to sit there and really keep up with them. Commanders, look, I, you know, I didn't touch on this either. It was, it was actually – I think it was early this week or last week when we made the comments. But, you know, again, Ron Rivera – and, again, I – look, everybody that's ever met that man says he's a stand-up man, he's a class act. Um, the only reason why him and Jack Del Rio and this coaching staff, I've said it and all you, this won't be the last time you hear me say it, and it's not the first. The only reason why they're coaching the commanders is because that team is in the process of being sold. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because how, that's all we heard about for, for this offseason leading up to draft. Like, hey, how's going to be our guy? How's going to be our guy? They released Carson Wentz, blah, 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 this. Then just this early this week or last week, Ron Revere comes out and says, hey, well, just because I said he's going to be, doesn't mean he's going to earn to be the starter week one quarterback competition. Trust me, that's the one thing that you ask any coach, you really don't want a quarterback competition. You got them in camp. Some teams out of 32 have them, but you really don't want that. But I'm like, Ron, you didn't learn anything with the whole Carson Wentz situation last year. Okay. Anyway. All right, man. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, people in Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just at yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. 
Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.